This is Pastor Derek Thomas of Living Witness Ministries, and I want to welcome you to the Living Word Podcast. I pray that today's teaching blesses you, inspires you, and encourages you to live a life worthy of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that we serve. God bless. You met me deep in my despair to show me you would never leave me there. You claim me cause I was made for so much more. I am your child and I'm worth fighting for. Go heavy with the weight of my mistakes. You carried me. And refuse to let me sink under the pressure you meant for me to soar. I am your child, and I'm worth fighting for. Eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard all you have planned for me, and nothing can separate me from your love. There's so much more still worth fighting for. Now I'm moving by faith and not by sight towards victory. By the power of your might, you're straightening out my path and opening every door. I am your child, and I'm worth fighting for. Eyes haven't seen. Separate me from your love when there's so much more. Yes, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard. All your plans for me, and nothing can separate me from your love when there's so much more. Still worth fighting for. That's why I'm pressing towards the mark. Cause the calling on my life is worth fighting for. And I'll keep my mind stayed on you, Jesus. Because the peace it brings is worth fighting for. And I'll be faithful to my wife and children. Because my family is worth fighting for no this world is not my home but your kingdom here is worth fighting for i got a mansion over in glory and my new home is worth fighting for till i see it i'll shout out hallelujah 
Our text today is found in the book of Joshua, the sixth chapter. We're going to be looking today at verses 15 through 17, and we're also going to be looking today at verse 20. I'll be reading from the New King James Version of God's Holy Word. And what you find written there reads as follows. But it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On that day, only they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time it happened when the priests blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction, it and all who are in it. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all who are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. Verse 20 says, so the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. As we speak to the subject this morning, shout it out. Amen. Shout it out. We're in the midst of our series. This means war. And one thing I've learned in combat, whether it's sports or whether it's physical combat, there's something about adding noise to the activity that's being taken. There's something about a shout. A, a shout is that added oomph that's needed to bring about a desired end result. And it's been more, and it's rather more than just a natural uh, bringing of an additional oomph. There was an ad campaign that they did for a detergent uh, additive called Shout. And the tagline was, you want a tough stain out? And then the, the, the payoff was shouted out. And in looking at that, the Lord really dealt with me mightily about that as it pertains to us as believers. 
We're in a position right now as believers where more than ever before, the world is looking for the church to stand up. The world is looking for the, the church and the believers to take their rightful place as the warriors and the gladiators and the victors that's been preached about and taught about up to this point. And many of us have taken the backseat approach. Well, somebody else will take care of it. Somebody else will do it. I'm here to let you know that that somebody, in fact, is you and I, brothers and sisters, we have to be mindful of the fact that like Joshua, we've been called to do something specific. We've been called to a mandate of victory. We've been called to do a divine work in order to make an eternal difference in the lives of others. And we look at our text today and we see that the, the, the tough stain in this situation was a wall around Jericho. The wall represented all that the enemy would seek to place between us and the blessings that God has for us. And that wall was there uh, because of stain. That, that wall was there because of the stain of sin in the hearts of the men and women inside of Jericho. But God sent the children of Israel to bring that extra oomph that's needed to get that tough stain of sin and hardened hearts out. And like the ad campaign says, God wanted that tough stain out. So he used the children of Israel to shout that stain out, to make a difference so that the wall could come down and the men could go in and claim their destiny. And in the same fashion, God desires to use us in the same way. And our text today is letting us know that now is the time to praise God for victory in, in our lives. Amen. Now is the appointed time. This is the appointed day. This is the appointed moment. This is the appointed instant. And we need to understand that God is not someone that does something by happenstance. It's not by chance that you're hearing this message on today, but instead it's by divine providence that God has us together for these moments today. And he wants us to understand and know that it's time for us as a church to be like the children of Israel and shout it out. It's time for us to stop being quiet Christians to go off into that great good night. It's time for us to stand bold and proclaim our faith without uh, on, without shame and with conviction. You may say, preacher, well, 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 well why do I do that? How do I do that? What, what, what's, give me the impetus for doing that. The first reason why we do it is because God's strategy is the key to our advancement. Amen. We have to understand that God's strategy is the key, first and foremost, to our advancement. Now, in our text, Joshua is showing his army the importance of obeying orders. And in the first 14 verses of the chapter, Joshua was told by God to adopt a new and different strategy that involved marching around the city of Jericho one time for six straight days without making a sound. Now, this exercise was not only tested, rather not only tested Joshua's faith, but more so his resolve to do God's will in the face of seemingly insurmountable odds. You all know that I'm big on names. I'm big on numbers. I'm big on words. And, and in this particular passage of scripture, I take it personally because uh, 13 is a number of victory. And my birthday is on the 13th of March. So I've always had an affinity for the number 13. And it's amazing how the, the, the enemy in the world will take something that God preordained to be good and perverted into evil. People talk about the unlucky number 13. People talk about Friday the 13th and how Friday the 13th is viewed uh, historically as a bad day. I'm here to let you know for me, it was a great day because my birthday on March 13th, that was my golden birthday. I turned 13 on Friday, March 13th. I turned 20 
on Friday, March 13th, seven years later. So I entered my teen years. I left my teen years on Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th is 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 a misnomer for, for a look that people want to pronounce on something that God has blessed. 13 is a number of victory. And where I get that from is if you take one time around the walls of Jericho, for six days, that's six times. And you take the seven times on the last day, seven plus six is 13. So it took 13 times around the wall for victory to be achieved. So 13 is a number of victory. And what we have to understand is that in getting to 13, that's why many of us miss it. We, we get caught up maybe in the fifth time doing it, or maybe in the seventh time doing it, or maybe in the ninth time doing it. We wind up missing out on getting to 13. But I'm here to let you know that if we're willing to be obedient and follow the strategy that God has given us. If we're willing to be obedient, and as the last series talked about faith, this thing, fully allow God to intervene in order to help us achieve victory, then we can rest assured and know that victory will be ours. No matter how insurmountable the odds may seem, God is always a great equalizer. And God is admonishing us to be obedient in our service as soldiers of the cross and to understand that in times of warfare, beloved, we must rely on the leadership of the Lord in order to be most effective for the kingdom and our warfare. We can't fool around and get caught up in our own grand ideas because our own grand ideas are designed to give us glory and our lives are not designed to give us glory. The Bible says that, that we're not our own, but we've been bought with a price. And many of us fail to realize that. That's why the verse in earnest starts, know ye not that you're not your own, but you've been bought with a price. This phrase is a question, a rhetorical question. Sometimes we got to remember we don't belong to ourselves. We're not ours. Our minds are not ours. Our hearts are not ours. Our spirits are not ours. We're here on least time. We're here on borrowed time. And while we're here on borrowed time, God has called us to be obedient to him and follow his strategy. Because since he has a strategy, since he's the general in charge, victory is secured as long as we follow God's plan and not our own plan. Therefore, we got to understand, church, the importance of our obedience and the power of our weaponry. And if you look in 2 Corinthians 10, it puts it this way. For though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, catch this, the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. The Bible puts it this way in the King James Version. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, the, the traditional conventional weaponry that we have, it's of no effect to the kingdom of darkness. We've got to follow God's strategy and tap into God's weaponry because when we go into God's cache of weapons, that's when we make an impact. And that's when we can bring about destruction to the to the kingdom of darkness. I, I like a, uh, the sci-fi movies and I like the campy movies, uh, the King Kong and Godzilla movies and stuff like that and I always laugh when I watch those movies because you got people just shooting their guns and they're shooting their little hearts out with their guns and the bullets are just bouncing off the super monster like really and the super monster's like really this is the best that you can do this is the best you got and he he will go usually step on them and, and that'll be the end of them and that's how the enemy views us sometimes the enemy views us as, as, as doing stuff that's so insignificant and so meaningless but God has given us the key to the kingdom the key to the cash to go in and get the big guns needed to take care of the enemy and to put him 
in his place, which is under our feet. And we've got to be willing to do that thing. And, and when you stop and think about it, big guns make a lot of noise. Big guns don't have silencers on them. There's no way to silence the magnitude of everything that's going into making a big gun go off. If you stop and think about what makes a gun go bang, it's a, it's a, it's a whole combination of things. There's gunpowder, there's, there's, there's a trigger, there's, there's a spark, there's a, a, a connect with the back of the bullet inside. And the boom is the sound that you hear when the, when the, when the powder is being ignited to project the projectile, which is a bullet, towards its target. And the bigger the bullet, the bigger the noise. And God already knows that the enemy's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. It's going to take a big bullet to get rid of the enemy because the enemy is trying to do big things against the kingdom of darkness to tear down God's kingdom. And God is calling us to be serious about our worship, to be serious about our praise, to be serious about our warfare, and not to go into that good night quietly, but instead to shout because the Lord has given us a city, which leads us to the second reason why we have to do this thing God way. And the second reason why we've got to be vigilant in, in, in being all that God has called us to be. And we've got to be vigilant in understanding that now indeed is the time to praise God for victory. And that second reason is because his power is the catalyst for our praise. Amen. His power is a catalyst for our praise. His power is a spark. His power is the thing that, that prompts us to do what needs to be done in order to create that big bang. Now, in our text here, Joshua secondly showing us that showing his army that the explosive power that's generated by exercise faith is something that can truly change the outcome of a situation. Now, the loud shout that the word speaks of here in the text church in unison at this point in our story expressed in expectation of God's action to fulfill his guaranteed promise on behalf of Joshua and his army was such that it shook not only the natural things around the children of Israel, i.e. the wall, but it shook the very gates of hell because Satan knew, wait a minute, this is something that's going to make a difference. This is going to make a seismic shift. This is going to bring a paradigm shift in what I think I'm going to be doing. This is something that's going to truly illustrate what the old, old gospel songwriter wrote when when, they, when, when, the, when the singer said, Satan, we're going to tear your kingdom down because when we make up our minds to live out loud for God, people have no choice but to notice. And in the process, the enemy notices and he knows that we're coming and there's nothing that he can do about it. Now, the, 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 the yell was significant because God had already passed judgment on Jericho, as we saw in our text, and the inhabitants of, of, of the same, that that death would be their fate. All of them, that is, except for Rahab. Now, you heard me say a few minutes ago, or a moment ago, I should say, about living out loud for God. God desires us to live out loud for him, which is where Rahab comes into play here. And there's a reason why Rahab didn't experience the same fate as everybody else in Jericho. Rahab lived loud for God, church. And she lived loud for God from the standpoint of that she was obedient to God's assignment in her life of allowing Joshua and his spies to stay in her home and to protect them from the guards of the city. Even Rahab, and I say this all the time to my sons, even 
A broken clock is right for 60 seconds twice a day. Rahab had everything wrong. She had everything completely discombobulated. Rahab was a woman of ill repute. So Rahab had committed adultery. Rahab had defiled her body. Rahab had sowed seeds of discord indirectly among the brethren because I'm sure she had slept with married men and, and, and it caused chaos in homes and broken up homes. Rahab by no means in man's eyes was right, but I'm here to let you know that God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. So while we all could find a mean in five ways why Rahab wasn't right, God found her to be the right woman for the job right then and there. Amen. So even though Rahab lived a life of ill repute as a prostitute, what God chose to do is use her and her witness through her living to shout volumes to not only Joshua and his men, but catch this, the, the countless generations of believers that followed that God is good and does indeed make a way out of no way. God can use anybody to bring forth his word. He can use anybody to bring forth the message that he desires to be brought forth. And this is where our living out loud makes an impact. When you live out loud, you have no choice but for people to notice you. People have no choice but to see and to hear what it is that you're saying. And if you continue to bring that message consistently and you continue to present that message before them boldly and present it with zeal and present it with consistency and present it with vigor and present it with vitality and present it with a sense of urgency and present it with us with in such a way where you're giving your all, God superimposes his super over that natural message to bring about a supernatural message as a result of his anointing that can break down strongholds that can shake and bring down walls of separation between himself and those individuals that you're reaching. God desires to do kingdom business. He desires to do earth moving and wall breaking kingdom business through you and through your life. But he needs you to live out loud for him. He needs you to live the word where it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the dunamis, the God-given power, the yoke-destroying, burden-removing power of God to break yokes and destroy burdens and to move those things that are seeking to keep people separated from God out of the way so they can have free access as we have free access. This is why we've got to shout unto God in the midst of our battles, knowing that we're constantly surrounded by him. One of my favorite songs of praise is, is, is surrounded. And, and, and it says, this is how I fight my battles. It might look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by God. I'm surrounded by the greater one that lives on the inside of me. I'm surrounded by the one that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask or think. And that brings me joy. And that joy is not something where I'm going to sit on my hands and be quiet and just hum in silence. That joy is where I'm going to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. That joy is where I'm going to do what Psalms 47 and 1 says. And it says, oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. And that's what I I'm going to do day in and day out. And that's what God is calling us to do day in, day out. He's designed us to live out loud for him, to shout unto God with the voice of triumph, to be bold in our proclamation that we stand for God, to be bold in our resolve to live for God, to be resolute in our actions as it pertains to doing the work of ministry, which leads us to our last reason why we've got to live this thing in the here and now, because now is the time to live out loud for God. Now is the time to shout this thing out. This this is the time to move forward in that attack. And here's the, the last reason why. Because his provision 
is the source of our strength. Amen. And we've got to look closely at that. His provision is the source of our strength. And I want to go back and read verse 20 here to, to, to lay the groundwork to, to bring this point home and to bring this, this message to a close. And it says in verse 20, it says in verse 20 here that so the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Now, that means that there was a portion that God played in this and there was a portion that we played in this. And what 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 we had to do is we had to be willing to make the noise. We had to be willing to advance when there was no ground for us to advance into. And if, once that was done, it goes on to say, then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And I want to lift that point because this is the key. This is where the, the, the reality comes from uh, of what we need to do and why it's important that we become committed. And this is where the war aspect comes from. And, and a lot of people uh, remember what, what Hollywood said about war, which was taken from, from, I believe it was General Patton, who said war is hell. I submit to you that the warfare that we're in is, is heavenly warfare because it's designed to keep people out of hell. Now, in our text here in verse 20, uh, it, it says that with a great blast of the horns and a great shout from the people, God miraculously, de miraculously delivered Jericho into their hands. Now, th this, this, is, this is pivotal in the children of Israel's story, for it was their conquering of their spiritual beachhead. Now, let me stop here and unpack this because this is the key to effective warfare. In every major war, there's been what's called a spiritual beachhead. A spiritual beachhead is the first major offensive in a territory that's critical for, for victory because it takes victory there in order for advancement to take place. Now, like Normandy on D-Day, territory can only be gained after securing of the, initial, of the initial front line in World War II in the theater in Europe, D-Day had to happen. And D-Day, if you go back and look at it, it was the, the, the bloodiest and, and, and most fierce battle of World War II. But it took victory at D-Day, catch this, in order for advancement to take place towards Germany to secure victory. Now, without question, the Beachhead Initiative in every natural and spiritual theater of war is the most costly and violent battle. But I need you to understand, church, that to the victor go the spoils of gained ground and more importantly, the momentum that will advance them forward to take more ground. So not only is it critical that we win in that moment of spiritual beachhead activity, but it brings about the spiritual momentum needed to continue to advance and continue to move the agenda forward and continue to move the kingdom forward. And sometimes to get that momentum, you got to put some oomph behind it. You got to put something more behind it than just a physical act. Activity. When you're when you're working to pull something or working to push something or working to get something over and it's taking everything in you, and you have nothing else left to give. Sometimes you've got to throw your head back and get a good shout in there to 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 push and will yourself to the point of getting to that next level. And that's what God is looking for for us to do. Now, the the first great obstacle to Israel's possession of the land fell at the shout of the people. 
The fact that it was utterly destroyed in a moment illustrates God's complete and effortless mastery over all his people's opponents. And this is what we've got to understand. This is where we can walk in that boldness. This is where we can truly shout this thing out, no matter how tough the challenge is is in front of us. We can shout it out because if we go back and take David's approach, David, when he was facing Goliath, said, I'm about to take you down, Goliath, and I'm going to take you down because I know that God was with me and he took down that lion and I know that God was with me. And he took down that bear. And if he's bad enough to take down a lion and he's bad enough to take down a bear, he's bad enough to take down you. And I'm trusting him because just as I trusted him and taking down that bear and as I trusted him and taking down that lion, I'm trusting him as he takes down you because I'm not doing this by myself. It's not in my own ability that I'm able to do it. But God is in your ability because when your super is imposed over my natural, the supernatural goes forth and does things that are exceeding abundantly above all that I could ask or even think because your power now, God, is at work in the midst of the situation. And God desires us to live in that way. He desires us to walk by faith, to fully allow him to intercede in order for us to have victory. Because as we allow him to intercede, what he's going to do in intercession is superimpose his super on top of our natural. And as he superimposes his super on top of our natural, he's going to give us instructions to do. And the instructions he's going to give us to do is to lift him up, to lift his name up boldly, to be bold and to be loud about making the advances for the kingdom. And what this does is gives us assurance in knowing that no matter the test, God truly has our back, church. He has our back. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be concerned. We don't have to feel some type of way. We don't have to think that this is more than we can bear. God knows just how much we can bear. He put everything in us that we need because the Bible says he gave us the measure of faith, not a measure of faith, the measure of faith that we need to be all that he's called us to be. So we have to boldly proclaim the gospel. I know that we're in the midst of warfare right now. I know that the powers that be are trying to do all they can do to keep the gospel from going forth, to keep us away from assembling together, to keep us in a place of the exact opposite of what the word says. For us, let us, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, wanting us to forsake those the assembling of ourselves together to try to because they're trying to sow the fear of COVID-19. They're trying to sow the fear of getting sick. And I'm not saying not to be mindful. But what I'm saying is in the midst of being mindful, be wise in your dealings and go fully prepared. So we have to boldly proclaim that gospel and understand what the word says that I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. God is equipping us and preparing us just as he had Joshua equipped and prepared. He had Joshua and his men equipped and prepared better, dare I say, than the men and women that fought for freedom here in the United States. Those individuals had a title and they were called the Minutemen. And they were called the Minutemen because they were able to be ready in 60 seconds from being stone cold sleep to ready to not only fight but win. They could go from that point to the next point in 60 seconds. Hence the name Minutemen. These individuals, the time it took them to walk around the walls, they didn't even have to be Minutemen. All they had to be is instant. They were instant men and, and instant women. And, and the word lets us know as it pertains to us that we're to be instant as it pertains to preaching the gospel. Instant as it pertains to sharing the good news. We've got to be instant in season and out of season. We've got to have a word ready to, 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 to give God praise for. And when we have a word ready to give God praise for, that's not a muted word. You're not going to win a single 
single soul if you mumbling what you gotta say. You know, God the world. No, I'm letting you know that God loves you because Jesus said in His Word that 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 I will save you. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I, Jesus, will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me because I'm meek and lowly in heart, and that's where you find rest unto your soul. We've got to be bold in proclaiming the word. We've got tough stains out there, tough stains of sin, tough stains of of of, of anger, tough tough stains of self hatred, tough stains of abuse, tough stains of all kinds of things that would keep individuals from even wanting to know God, tough stains of shame, tough stains of witchcraft, tough stains of all kinds of things and spiritual wickedness of every sort. And we've got to, like the ad campaign says, if we want these tough stains out, we've got to shout them out, church. We've got to be willing to come against the devil with the word of God and boldly proclaim the word and cast out demons and let the devil know that this ground is hallowed ground, that this ground is holy ground, and that for God I will live and for God I will die. And just like God made provision for the children of Jericho with Joshua, and just like God made provision for Nineveh because of, of Jonah in the belly of the whale, and just like God made provision because of what happened with Jesus six hours on Friday, and just like God brought about empowerment at the day of Pentecost, God is going to bring me to this point right now and use me to let you know that your kingdom is of none effect and that I'm here to shout because God has given me the city. That's the mindset that we have to have, church. That's the mindset that God has us in right now. That's the, that's the mindset that we should have our collective mindset on. Defeat is not an option, beloved. Victory is ours. Victory is imminent. Victory has been secured by the blood of Jesus. And God is calling you and I to walk in the fullness of victory so that we can win souls for the kingdom. Do your part and shout. Shout that thing out in your life. Shout down those walls that keep you separated from the things that God has for you. And watch how God opens up ways out of no way and makes you the victor and no longer the victim. Amen. I pray that you were blessed by today's word. The Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we would be saved. If you've never taken the opportunity to do either one of those things, won't you join me now in prayer? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I come before you a sinner. I believe that you sent your son to die that I might live. I believe that he lived, died, rose again, ascended to heaven, and is coming back for sinners just like me. I confess my sin. I ask you into my heart and I ask you into my life. Thank you, Lord, that by faith I am now saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'd like to welcome you into the household of faith and into a loving relationship of salvation with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please email me and let me know of your experience or if you have any prayer requests or praise reports, please email me. The email address is livingtowitness at gmail.com. That's living, the number two, witness at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Pastor Derek Thomas encouraging you to live your life 
as a living witness.